amen, amen, amen. John chapter 18, verses 1 through uh, 13. Um, we'll go as long as we can this morning. Uh, but I, I think the, 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 the message would be, uh, uh, it, it's, qu it's quite evident. It, it's, it's there. It's there. Uh, for those of you uh, who may uh, have a pen uh, available to you, and for those who have access to your, uh, your chat, um, uh, I, I, I'd just like for you to write down a, a word for me. Um, uh, um, and I, and I realized that, uh, Deacon Harmon being from White Cross, Georgia would have some, um, problems with the spelling. So someone please put it in the chat. Uh, I, the, the word guilty, guilty, Jesus began his Christocentric ministry. And he began it at what some say is Canaan at a wedding. And he done all these marvelous things. Healing the sick. Give restoring sight to the blind. Giving energy to the legs of the lame. Preaching to thousands. Changing lives. He did all of this. So one would say, Jesus, are you guilty of these things? He would declare to you and has declared to you, yes, I am. For those of you who have been arrested before, I asked you before I made this statement to write down the word guilty. If you have been arrested before, does that word apply to you? Can you say Yes, I was guilty. Or some of you might say, you know, uh, uh, Carol White or uh, uh, Ogletree or uh, 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 surely Tanya Collins would say, I I'm not guilty. I I've been arrested, but I wasn't guilty. Well, I hope everyone on this Zoom call wrote down the word guilty. And you need to embrace that. Because the person and the personality that we're going to talk about this morning, Monty, was not guilty. Was not guilty in any way. And as a matter of fact, had to become guilty in order for the trial to persist. Jesus was about to end his earthly ministry. He prayed for his disciples. 
And it went across to the garden of what Luke and Mark describe as the garden of Gethsemane. The garden over in Kedron, near the Mount of Olives. And he went there so that he could be arrested for not being guilty. When we think about people who have been arrested, there are some famous people, Sister Pillow, that have been arrested. But three come to mind to me as I studied this week's lesson. And they were the arrest of Malcolm X. Malcolm X was arrested in 1946 for breaking and entering. And he was found guilty and his sentence was eight to 10 years in prison. Rosa Parks was arrested in Montgomery, Alabama. She was tried, convicted, and sentenced to a $10 fine and $4 court fee. Martin Luther King got arrested so many times they lost count. And Martin Luther King in all those arrests was always released. So for all those arrests, Martin Luther King, Deacon Harmon, he got himself a celebration on his birthday. But all three personalities that I pointed out this morning, they were guilty. They broke man's law. They were guilty and they were arrested and they were appropriately punished considering the crime. But I looked at those three personalities and two of them are very similar. Rosa Parks got arrested for sitting down. And many years later, she died a natural death. Malcolm X was guilty of standing out. becoming a threat. And for that, he didn't serve eight to 10 years in prison. He was assassinated. He was executed. And Martin Luther King, all the, all the times that he had been arrested, it was in Memphis, 
1968 that he was murdered, that he was assassinated for standing up. Rosa Parks arrested for sitting down. And she went on to live to be the ripe old age. Martin Luther King stood up and was murdered. Malcolm X stood out and was murdered. Now, you may look at those because you guys know the history and you may say, what a shame. These men had to die for standing up and standing out. They, they, they weren't guilty of anything. I would tell you that you're wrong. They were guilty. They were sinners like you and me. They were guilty. But this morning, we're going to talk about Jesus the Christ, the God-man, the Word made flesh. In the Garden of Gethsemane is being accosted. And any time the threat of being put in jail is knocking on your door, it is a time of stress. It's a time of trial. But let me show you this morning in the remaining minutes, how it is that Jesus deals with his trials. That's what he shows us this morning in this lesson. Come arresting officer, verse one, give us the setting. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the brook Tidron, where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. John backs up the narrative by uh, Mark and Luke that he was in the garden. And uh, there were some other folk in the garden with him, his disciples. And there is one that stands out in this setting, Sister Pillow, Brother Moten, verses two and three. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place where Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Here's someone that had seen Jesus, had heard Jesus, had been with Jesus, and now is a portrayal of Jesus just as the truth teller said he would. You know, you know, the truth teller, Jesus. Jesus said, Judas, you're the one. Go and do, make preparations for what you need to do. Because Jesus always had in mind his mission. He never let the threat of incarceration or death deter him from his ultimate work. Jesus is on his way somewhere. And there are a cast of characters that need to assist him in that journey. 
And the one that is being depicted here in verses two and three is this brother called Judas, because I know all of you, especially Sister Overtree, put her hand over her mouth. Sister Hollis says, oh, how could this happen? How could Judas do it? He was so close. Because the word of God is true in everything that proceeds out of his mouth. Whether it's foretold or foretold, it will always happen just as he said it would. Jesus had already declared that. Jesus goes to the garden and notice that Terry reads that and, and Judas knew where the garden was. Yeah, been there with him. He knew the place. And so, in other words, Jesus wanted to give his, his tormentors, his prosecutors, total access to him as they delivered him in this final hour. The God-man was a man of mission. The God-man was a man of purpose. And purpose, when you are a, purpose, a person of purpose, purpose will always be fulfilled. This is why you're here. And he says, these are the people who will take part in an arrest. The day we're just looking at the arrest. And he had already schemed of how, yeah, the one that I kissed, that is the one. How is it that you're going to arrest someone that you don't even know who it is? That, that's the question that I asked, Sister Pillow. <laughs> yeah, come on, come on, buddy. You, you guys be with me. You don't, you don't even know who you're looking for. You're just looking for somebody. You don't even know what they've done. You're just looking for somebody. And they come to the garden with his disciples there, his posse, Brother Davis, guys who had been with him three and a half years, 12 of them, and he, no, 11 of them, and the, the 12th shows up with the prosecuting party for a man who's not guilty. When Malcolm X was found guilty, he it was because he was. He broke into them people's house. He stole that watch and then tried to get it repaired. When, when, when Martin Luther King was arrested multiple times, he was guilty. There were ordinances against him uh, 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 protesting and going on people's property. When, 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 when Rosa Parks uh, was arrested, she was guilty. There was a law that said she couldn't sit where she dared sit, Monty. They knew exactly who they were looking for. They were looking for Rosa. They knew exactly who they were looking for. They were looking for Malcolm Little, as he was known then. They knew who Martin Luther King was. They put their hands on him and they arrested them in all those cases. But here they come to a garden and they don't even know who they're looking for. They didn't know the man. Maybe, maybe that's the problem right there. If they had known the man, they couldn't dare arrest the man. 
see who it is that they are arresting this day, Terry. Verse, 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 uh, verse four. Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen, came forward and said to them, whom do you see? He saw all this band soldiers and with lights and torches and, uh, you know, and hey, there's Judas with him. And he says, hey, fellas, who y'all looking for? Who, who is it that you seek? Because it's evident you don't know who you're looking for. You didn't come in here and say, where is this? You just, I, I see you. And you're a band. You're, 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 and, and that band, we're not talking about a musical band there. We're talking about a group of thugs. They don't have the authority to be there. But they're there. we're talking about a lynch mob. We're talking about people who really are, are performing a citizen's arrest. Oh, sound familiar? But they're coming to arrest this Jesus. And Jesus knows why they are there. So he asks them a question. Who is it that you see? Brother Terry? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. Judas who betrayed him was standing with them. All right. But Terry, stay right there. I want, I want you to see something here. When Jesus asked the question, they answered him. But notice how they answer him, Brother Davis. They said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, not Jesus the Christ, not Jesus the Son of God, Jesus of Nazareth. You know, it, it, you know, it, it's it, it's a uh, it, it, it's a pejorative term, really. That the whole tenor here is suggested. The further study would reveal that here, you know, they they they're, they're trying to be disparaging, you know, because after all, ain't nothing good ever come out of Nazareth. So we, we're looking for this Nazareth. Like, you know, we're looking for the worst person in the world. We're looking for someone on the wrong side of the track, from the wrong side of the track. But yet, I want you, I want you to hear something. I want, I want you to hear it from the arresting official. Terry, I need you to read. And Jesus saith unto them. What did he say, Terry? I am he. Ah! Hold up! See, because at first, at first reading, you might think that Jesus says, who are you looking for? We're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, I'm the one. Oh, what you looking for? You looking at. Who, who you looking for? You looking at. But that ain't what Jesus said. Because most of us who grew up in the King James uh, version of the Bible know that in many other translations, uh, Sister Hollis, we know that that he is in italics. And we know, we've been taught, that every time we see that he in italics, it means that it was added by the translator so that we could have a better but, but in the original language, Brother Davis, when, when Terry reads 
uh, their response, it simply is, I am. <laughs> Sound familiar? And as a matter of fact, in the precise language, it says, I am ego imi. I am yada in the Greek. I am God. And Luke says, when he said it, they fell on the ground. That's what Luke said. And Mark, they fell, they fell from the power of his word that he was God. In other words, God revealed does something. He says, I am, I am. And Judas also, which retained, stood with them. Knowing what Jesus has just said, Judas stayed with them. Jesus, Judas hung on to the band. He stayed in the group. Because verse 6 says, because y'all think I'm just making this up. You can read it now, Terry. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. See, not only did Luke say it, John said it too. Him speaking the word. I am he? Wait a minute. I thought you were the I thought you were looking for Jesus of Nazareth. If he said, I am he, hey, they grab him. But he says, I am. He is saying the same thing to them that he said to Moses. I am that I am. I am God. And that knocked them off their feet. They fell backwards. So you got to say, well, wait a minute. Oh, that Jesus can just speak and people fall. No, it's what he spoke. It's what he said. Because if it was just, I'm the one you're looking for. I'm Jesus of Nazareth. They would say, okay, we would have proceeded on. But each writer takes uh, pain to point out that when he spoke the words, I am, they fell backwards. They were in the presence of Almighty God. And they cannot stand in the presence of the Almighty God. Verse 7. So he asked them again. <laughs> Whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth. Hey, we could could you repeat what you just said again for us, Jesus? Wait a minute, because we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. We, we ain't looking for God. We, we be looking for Jesus of Nazareth. That, that's who we came here to arrest. And then Jesus in verse 8 answers and says, Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. I am. 
I told you that I am. But look, look, look. They, they didn't fall back. Y'all go to the next verse, but right now we're going to deal with the one that's here. Jesus says the exact same thing that he says in verse 6, but there's no indication that they fell down to the ground. Oh, that's interesting. Read on, Terry. So if you seek me, let these men go. Jesus now is talking in a different tenor. He's saying, the one that you seek is the one you need to deal with. Jesus, who has schooled these disciples, who has fellowship with disciples, who has made these disciples witnesses of him and all that he has done, as we shared last week, that he prayed for their protection. And in this hour, Jesus uses a tone and tenor to identify himself as a protector. Because he says, if you're looking for me, don't bother these other men. If you're looking for me, see, a lot of times uh, 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 when Martin Luther King went to jail, he was looking for someone else to go there with him. And, 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 and Malcolm would have loved to have ratted on maybe his accomplices to have somebody to go with him. But Jesus here, who they say they are looking for, says, I've got to protect my disciples. So let these men alone. If you're just looking for the man, Jesus of Nazareth, let these men go. Don't bother them. And as far as I've read in the scriptures, and I know you have, and uh, I, I know that Minister Brown has read this many times, I don't ever see where they apprehended any of these disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane. If they're looking for Jesus, who is leading this insurrection, this Jesus, see, in order to have an insurrection, <laughs> you got to have more than one participant. You, you got to have a mob of folk. You got to have multiple people, Davis. And Jesus says, don't get it twisted. The things that you are about to accuse me of, only I can be accused of. So I should be the only one arrested. So leave these men alone. Leave these disciples. Jesus protecting. He's, he, he, he's, he's doing what he's always done. Because he has already declared, I will not lose any of these. Not like this. Verse 9 says, This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken. Of those whom he gave me, I have lost not one. 
See, everything that Jesus says in the old, everything that God says in the old, everything that Jesus, uh, the, 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 the messenger or the angel of the Lord, any of those references to him, anything that he says will always come to fruition. The Holy Spirit speaking through Isaiah says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. Like a sheep led before the shearer is dumb, yet he said not a word. You guys watch the words that are going to happen, especially in next week's uh, lesson. We're just talking about the arrest today. They are here to talk. They are here to arrest someone they don't know. They're here to arrest someone that they don't even know. They're not even certain of the guilt. They're here to arrest someone who they've been exposed to and the very speaking of his words knocked them down to the ground. But they are hell-bent on arresting him. Oh, he's going to be arrested. Hey, it ain't them. They're doing it so that Scripture would be fulfilled. Judas is just a character in the plot that gets, that moves it along to get Jesus to where he needs to go. He's a supporting actor and he's done his part well and so are these soldiers. But, Brother Davis, I would imagine, I would certainly hope, and, and I know Steve Harmon would, so I, I'm, I'm not even worried about it. And, and Bogan, I'm not, I'm not even worried about it. That if I was being arrested, that at least one of you, at least one of you would try to defend me. Notice Jesus says something to protect the disciples. Sister Pillow. But now we're going to read where the disciples try to do something to protect Jesus in their minds, to do something to protect Jesus, to stop this arrest. Let's see what it was. Verse 10. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name is Malchus. Peter, y'all remember? P. Peter, you know, impetuous Peter, uh, loud mouth Peter. But 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 here it demonstrates Peter not only uh, uh, could talk the game; he was a ride or die brother. P Peter. Uh, we see here uh, would fight you because Peter, when they, when they said, when Jesus finished talking and said, don't bother these disciples, Peter felt that he had to defend Christ. Y'all didn't get it. Christ speaks, but Peter wants to defend. He wants to do. Christ speaks, but Peter wants to do something. You're not going to be 
are delivered from your trials by trying to do something. All you're going to do is possibly mess it up. And, and, and Christ still will have to fix up your mess. You know why? Because this boy took out a sword and slung it. You know, I, 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 I think it may have been Reverend Brown said years ago, you know, Peter may have been a great fisherman, but he was a poor swordsman because uh, Reverend Brown believes that he was, uh, I think it was him, uh, uh, aiming at his head. He's aiming to cut off his head and just cut off his ear, trying to defend Christ, trying to prevent something from happening that Christ had just spoken and said, this moment in time was supposed to happen. I'm supposed to be arrested because until I'm arrested, I can't be accused. Until I'm accused, I can't be convicted. Until I'm convicted, I can't be executed. So I gotta be arrested. Ah, very important that he be arrested because it fulfills scripture. Notice that uh, King and Malcolm, when they were arrested those times, you know, they went to jail. Or, but notice <clears throat> that when they were murdered, they weren't arrested. Y'all don't hear me. Malcolm was assassinated. He wasn't arrested. King was assassinated. He wasn't arrested. So when we start talking about the great tragedies of, of men who have been arrested, I would suggest to you that all these men were guilty. But we are about to witness the arrest of God. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. How do you arrest God? How do you detain God? How do you constrain, confine, bind God? They're about to do it. The only way they could do this is through the God man. And Peter draws his sword, cuts off the servant's ear. And, and old brother Luke, the physician, said, oh, by the way, <laughs> Jesus picks up the ear in a, in a demonstration of power and puts the ear back. He heals the servant's ear, Malchus's ear. He puts it back. Because whatever we try to mess up, Jesus is quite capable of restoring. Whenever we're in a trial and we try to get out of it, we try to, to lie away or we try to sneak around and, you know, we try to get the best lawyer to get us out of this situation or we try to rely on our own strength, our own money, our only hookups. Jesus got to come and fix that up. Instead of you just turning it over to Jesus, keeping your sword in the cheek. We want to act. We want to do something. Jesus just asked them to be protected, that they be spared. But yet we want to do something. Jesus saved your soul, yet you think you can do something to get your soul saved. 
All you can do is mess it up and Jesus have to fix it back up again. Take us home, Terry. Verse uh, 11, 11 and 12. I'm sorry. So Jesus said to Peter, put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. Ah. Peter cuts off the ear. Jesus tell him, put that sword back in where it belongs. Because you are trying to deny my mission. You're trying to prevent what I came here for, Peter. You can't do that. What, did, what does that say for us as we go? It says there are going to be trials in this world. But Jesus has already declared that he has overcome the world. So why are you trying to fix something that God has already dealt with for you. God knew you would be in this trial. God knew you would be in this circumstance. God knew you would be in this situation. Why are you trying to work this thing out for yourself? Why are you drawing your sword when you need to be keeping your peace? Why are you trying to prevent God from doing in your life, what he has already foreordained and foreknew that he would do. Just because it's a, tribul a, a trial and a tribulation, doesn't mean that you should get busy. Because whenever there was a trial that Jesus was facing, we saw last week and this week, Jesus prayed. So if you're going to be like Jesus, when you're facing your trial, the only way to triumph is to pray. Don't try to do what God has already done for you. That's what Jesus is showing us in this arrest. Because immediately after he heals the servant's ear and then chastises Peter to saying, hey, you're trying to keep me from doing something. You're trying to keep me from drinking from a cup that was made for me before the foundation of the world. Don't do this, Peter. Peter, yours is not to do. Yours is to be. And then in verse 13, it concludes and it says, right after this, the man, the mom, realizing that there would be no resistance that this person ain't going to try and run. They don't need their sheaves. They don't need their swords. They don't need their shields. They don't need the torches. They don't need the, the brute sticks because this man is voluntarily going with them. So you know what they did? Verse 13 says, uh, verse 12 says, that they took Jesus and they bound him. They arrested, they handcuffed him. And led him 
to Annas. You know, the relative of Caiaphas, the high priest. Matter of fact, the former high priest. A political figure that everybody noticed that. They didn't take him down to the magistrate's office immediately. They took him to a political figure. Because everything, folks, despite, you know, I, I, I was scratching our heads today saying why everything has got to uh, be political. Everything is political. They wanted them to take them before the politician who had pulled with the guy, with Pontius Pilate and Caiaphas. They went to the political figure first because he had pulled. They, they, they wanted to solidify this arrest. You know why? Because they really didn't know what the charges were. But the old slick politician, Monty, he would come up with something. That's why they went there first. They wanted to leave Jesus to Amos, who would do a political expedient uh, uh, kangaroo unauthorized trial. Because when you're not guilty, certainly they can't put you to death until they have some charges. They're looking for a charge. They were looking for someone and then they had to determine the charges. Because typically what happens is when the police are looking for someone, uh, Terry, you know, they, they have, they, they are suspects. They don't know who they're looking for. They don't know what the charges are. All they know is they're going to arrest them. They're going to arrest someone who is not guilty. But all of you wrote down guilty. You should have been arrested. You're the ones that should have been arrested. We are the ones that should have been arrested. But here we find in John 18, verses 1 through 13, the day that they arrested God. Not, not, not men. <laughs> they didn't arrest not one disciple. Peter cut off a man's ear and they still didn't arrest him. That shows you the world, the condition of the world. Do anything you want to do. Steal, lie, cheat. Don't pay your taxes. And you'll be all right in some circles. But don't dare say, you know the God man. Don't say that you've yielded yourself to the God man. Because the world will arrest you for that. They won't know what charge to bring. They'll let you go for what you're guilty of. But they'll not let you go for that which you have no guilt. That's the world system. Jesus, who knew no sin, is being arrested. 
for your sin and my sin. This is the account of the day they arrested Jesus. Stay tuned next week and let's see how this proceeds. See y'all in family church school next week, same time.